The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Seven minutes after eight. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Forum at Eight. Now, a study by Statistics South Africa warns of possible disaster for the country's future. The most recent numbers show a high number of coloured and black youth failing to complete school. Furthermore, these youth are, empl- are unemployed and involved in crime. The report also suggests that unlike their white, Indian and Asian counterparts, black and coloured youth were less likely to finish university. It says that unless Unless an improved policy is urgently put into place, South Africa will remain economically divided. So on the forum today this morning, we discuss uh, possible interventions needed to assist youth who are struggling to complete their education and to try and find jobs and upskill themselves. And joining us for the conversation, Mr. Butimanamela, who is the Deputy Minister in the Presidency. He's joining us from our Hatfield studios in Pretoria. Thanks for your time this morning. Mr. Manamela? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and also good morning to listeners. And uh, joining us as well is Ms. Nompumelelo Runji, who is a, a researcher and political analyst, and she's also the opinions editor at the Soweto. And thanks for your time as well. Thank you so much for having me, Sakina, and good morning to the Deputy Minister and the listeners. Now, looking at the Statistician General's report last week, it didn't make for good reading. Um, If you look at uh, the age groups, uh, 25 to 34, according to uh, this new research, they are less skilled than their parents, if that's a place where we can just kick off, uh, Mr. Manamela. What did you make of all of this? I think firstly we need to uh, take into consideration that the statistics uh, or that the numbers are from 2009 to 2004, that being the case, meaning that there have been interventions that have been made over the last two years or 18 months or so. Secondly, that uh, the the, uh, data has been taken almost immediately after the global economic crisis and it's bound to uh, paint both a terrible local and global picture because the whole world was going through uh, you know all these challenges and thirdly that uh, uh, I think that the the framework and premise is that South Africa is a better place than it was 20 years ago and and if you look at for instance the number of uh, uh, children who are going to school today compared to 20 years ago, if you look at those children who are going to uh, Norfolk School, secondly, if you look at the number of university uh, entrants, uh, I think we, uh, by next year, would be reaching a million uh, uh, more young people uh, and and, uh, predominantly black and colored, or African and colored, would be going to university. And similarly, uh, I think close to 700,000 of those are now going to FET College. So, So there has been improvement in terms of access, there has been an improvement in terms of, uh, 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 you know, uh, success. But we are obviously uh, worried that, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot more young people do not complete uh, their grade 12 and uh, or uh, their grade uh, 8. And, and it's something that uh, we think we should all be worried about as uh, a community government can create a platform within which Kids can go to school. But if we do not join hands as communities, as parents, to ensure that 
kids stay and in school if we do not also join hands to ensure that teachers teach uh, uh, you know and that we we then improve the success rate then we will not be able to make the progress that is required and similarly you know uh, government responded for as much as it could for instance in terms of the fees must fall campaign but if we create those access opportunities in higher education and in further education but still we do not have the desired success rates that people uh, do three-year degrees for five, six, seven years, uh, wasting uh, you know a lot of resources. Whatever the circumstances, it means that we've got to chip in all of us and ensure that we improve the results in that regard. And I think finally, um, you know, one of the most concerning thing that also comes out from the uh, report is that a lot more young people want to go to university, whatever they want to study. Either they want to be, um, you know, uh, doctors or uh, nurses or uh, you know, uh, pastors. I mean, in, in, in one of the university, you had a lot of students passing cum laude. And when you ask what were they studying, many of those were studying religious studies, important as that may be. But I think it's also high time that we emphasize the fact that government is putting its money in infrastructure we're building bridges we're building uh, power stations we're building roads and all of that and we think that we need more and more artisans directed towards uh, you know where government uh, spending is so that we're able to uh, you know absorb all these young people uh, you know within uh, greater government's uh, economic activity in line with uh, government's nine point plan Mm. Not forgetting, of course, that only about half of those who start grade one actually complete grade 12. So uh, that uh, dropout rate is also concerning because what happens to those youth and their chances of actually gaining employment, which is scarce to begin with, is actually reduced even further. Nopumilena, what's your view on all of this? Well, um, without going saying uh, what the Deputy Minister said in terms of how far government has gone in expanding access to education, in providing opportunities when it comes to skills development and allowing more young people to access higher education, what we see from the uh, status say, uh, survey is that we, in the last 22 years of this democracy, have uh, not necessarily... Uh, transform the structural underpinnings of our society. So the fact that you still have more black and colored young people who find themselves on the shorter end of the stick when it comes to employment, the shorter end of the stick when it comes to levels of education and skills, it just goes to tell you that um, we still have a, a, a system that tends to resemble the, the socio-economic organization that we had under apartheid. The question we need to then ask is then how uh, do we work to turn that around? When you look at the high rate of uh, dropouts uh, from the schooling system, we see that there has, there's a lot more to education than just expanding access. We need to ask what is going on in those communities where young people don't feel that they have the uh, kind of support that will enable them to cope with the demands of the curriculum, to cope with the demands of, of, of the schooling system. 
what what is the nature uh, of of those communities, especially uh, amongst African and and colored young people? What advantages uh, do the other communities have, uh, the Indian community and the white community, over the, these these other young people? And then, what interventions then can government and society then make to enable that large cohort of young people who are struggling to make it to the the the, the, the system? The other thing that we find is that when you look at uh, uh, employment. What determines uh, employment goes beyond just uh, the, the education or the qualification. Uh, some studies have shown that um, one's ability to gain employment also de- is, depends on one's social capital and access to certain mm. networks. So people find jobs on the basis not only of their qualification but of, of who they know, uh, the referrals that they, they may get from their family members, from their friends, uh, from from their parents or whoever is employed in certain sectors. So we find that, again, there's a skewedness in, 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 in those networks. And those who benefit from those networks happen to be, again, uh, those who come from white and Indian communities who have a history of success and, and thus a wider network of, of people who may give them access to opportunities. So it really it, it speaks to the, the structural issues. In, in our society, the structural issues in our economy, that over and above the efforts that government has made that we as a society really need to grapple with. It goes on to say that it takes twice the effort for black or colored children uh, uh, qualified from the same university to actually gain employment. So serious indictment there. But speaking to the structural issues that uh, Nompumelelo points out, Mr. Manamela? No, I mean, I, look, I, I fully agree with uh, with the issue of the structural challenges. I mean, the question I'm, I'm, I'm and I think we as South Africans need to battle uh, with ourselves is how long does it take to change the mentality and attitude of a generation, or to replace that attitude and mentality? If if you look at the destruction that apartheid did which will go way into uh, you know a future generation and which the majority of black and colored uh, youth uh, and kids are inheriting from their parents uh, essentially talks to all the structural uh, issues that Nompumelelo uh, is uh, uh, talking about. If you talk about uh, you know the social network which uh, uh, I think is, has been one of the most dominant uh, engagement uh, uh, you know publicly the issue of white privilege uh, the issue of uh, you know black tax, the uh, fact that uh, you know the the social systems that exist in our communities to be able to support black and colored children to stay in school without the disruptions of drugs alcohol substance abuse teenage pregnancy and the things which are not of their own making but also things which uh, you know government cannot be in each and every household and ensure that all of those things uh, you know don't go uh, the way in which uh, uh, they are going and i think that it it boils down to that question wherein we go to school precisely so that we can get a, a employment instead of going to school and further to university so that we become entrepreneurs create more jobs uh, and all of that so so those are part of the destruction of generations that uh, you know part and it doesn't it, it it can never take 23 years to change the mentality of uh, 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 you know of a generation and unfortunately we have seen remnants of 
all of those being inherited into uh, the future. Now, I think the, the key challenge for us as young people is how do we take advantage of all of these platforms that have been created by government in order to improve the quality of our own lives. Firstly, and secondly, which I think is very important, how do we keep government on the edge uh, in ensuring that uh, uh, you know we improve on the quality, uh, particularly in, in in black communities? If you look at uh, you know the whole issue around a social network, a school in 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 Soweto would have uh, far lesser chances of getting a private entrepreneur to invest in it uh, you know because there are no resources there as compared to a school in uh, you know Parktown called St John's where some benevolent uh, uh, rich uh, uh, person can easily flow in resources in order to provide the support that the school is needed so you've got so many young black and colored uh, uh, children who are competing for limited government resources on the one hand and how do we prioritize those resources whereas there is a, you know historical a private wealth that has built, been built over time which uh, continues to resource uh, and sustain white uh, white privilege and I think that we those are the things which we need not uh, shy into and those are the things which um, you know I think statistics as a statistician general was referring to as a ticking time bomb the the continued inequality, poverty and unemployment which defines themselves in race, but not only in race, but also uh, you know, in, in gender terms. And, mm. and I think that, you know, well, as I said earlier with my first intervention, government uh, you know, has done so much and will continue to do so much uh, in order to ensure that we reverse the legacy of apartheid. Um, but you know, how much more than it's... it's are we not burying our heads in the sand to a certain degree? Because let's take education, for example, basic education. And we talk about government's um, uh, spend of G- GDP on basic education. But what we don't say is that the bulk of that money actually goes towards paying salaries. Hence, you are not really dealing with uh, the infrastructure and other structural issues that plague education. So how are we going to fix it? It it doesn't matter that it's now 23 years. Unless we change things structurally and meaningfully, we will be having this conversation 50 years from now. No, no, look, we... What we've now seen is more resources directed, uh, Sakina, towards infrastructure development. Last year alone, uh, we were building a school every week uh, in the Eastern Cape. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't know what happened. There has been, uh, you know, uh, challenges of expenditure in that province, and, and that pace has slowed down. Um, and, and I think the, the whole issue of education infrastructure remains one of the most critical. It pains us uh, as, as, as the Department Planning, Monitoring, and Evaluation when we go and uh, uh, make an assessment uh, and, and, and monitor and evaluate schools, that you find that there are still uh, learners who still study uh, under trees and 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 it's something that we always follow up and ensure that it it gets reversed i think that's that's a that's a very valid point but that being besides 
um, uh, education in any country should be human resource exhaustive. It means you need quality teachers uh, and, 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 and emphasis on quality teachers. It also means that you need the learner support materials that are required. I think there is uh, you know, some degree of improvement in terms of uh, uh, you know, Gauteng, for instance, which has now introduced uh, e-learning uh, and, and, and an operation Pakistan on education that has been put into place to look at possibilities of uh, linking education with uh, 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 technology and also improving the infrastructure. So all of those interventions are not buried our head into I mean uh, our head into the sand but is to look at uh, you know where have we failed uh, over the last 23 years but also where have we succeeded and how do we replicate those successes how do you explain the fact that there's a school uh, you know in in Dendron in the far-flung uh, parts of Limpopo which on a yearly basis produces hundred percent results and at least have two or three uh, learners um, called Milo, two or three learners on the top ten on the one hand. And then and then uh, you have a school at the uh, hub and next to development probably in Kailicha which uh, still underperforms less than uh, 30, uh, 20%. How do you explain all of those things? And it tells you that uh, beyond issues of infrastructure, beyond issues of pumping in resources, you also need committed learners and teachers who will be in school in time teaching, and in particular the important subjects, men's, uh, mathematics and, and, and fiscal science. Do we have that? Well, we to a certain extent, but we do not have enough. I mean, uh, the Karagude uh, program of the uh, basic education department is intended at, for instance, addressing the lack of uh, 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 teachers in mathematics uh, and, and and science. And, and I think that's also the point which I made earlier on. The reason why there would be continued inequality is because of the self-sufficiency of your uh, private schools which are predominantly white and the dependence on the limited resources of government. And I think the other question which uh, we as young people need to push into the agenda is, do we need the Department of Human Settlement to continue to provide houses or do we need to take that resource and invest it into education. But secondly, the other big question is, but is the problem the question of money? And and which is a, a point that comes out from the stats SA, or is it how we deploy those resources, uh, you know, uh, so that we're able to get a, a maximum impact? Although our GDP spend on basic education and higher education is still, uh, you know, the lowest comparatively speaking in the continent, but we still on rent-to-rent terms spent more than anybody else, but yet the, the results are still of concern. This may be teething problems, but do you teeth for 23 years? I do not think so. It's still of concern, and there's a greater concern that hasn't even been factored in, I would believe, there, which is a system, Nompumele uh, Loranji, that forces us to look um, uh, uh, to educate um, our young people to be employment seekers instead of entrepreneurs especially in the current economic climate there are no jobs government cannot be looked at as the sole provider um, of jobs here in this country and and the private sector unfortunately they're having a rough time for one or other reason and um, in some instances it's just a sheer lack of will Yes, um, one of the challenges that we do have, um, as, as Deputy Minister has said, is that the output of the education system is so problematic. 
we are not producing young people who are able to leave the schooling system and be able to stand on their own two feet, um, who are able to become self-sufficient. And one of the, those issues has to do with um, our focus on, uh, you know, training or, or teaching that, you know, encourages young people to go for a tertiary qualification as opposed to vocational uh, types of, 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 of skills and employment. Because if you have a vocational skill, you can leave the schooling system and still be able to do something with your hands, still be able to sell your skill and, and, and make a living out of it. We see that our counterparts uh, from the continent, uh, I'll, I'll just uh, quote like Mozambique, for instance, uh, they are able to come here and eke out a living just by using the vocational skills that they have, using their hands, and they're able to eke out a living. And so those are some of the things that we need to look at when it comes to improving the quality of the output that, that, that the education system produces. Uh, just also to follow up on another point, um, Although we do spend quite a lot of money uh, in, in terms of our GDP spend on education, it's the efficiency of that spend that we need to look at. And I think the basic uh, education department has conceded that uh, they are reviewing, uh, you know, how it is that this, these funds are deployed, how best can they be deployed to make sure that we improve the quality of, of, of the output. Um, we also have to acknowledge that uh, under the apartheid system, the apartheid government spent only a fraction on, on black and colored student that it, students that it used to spend on, on white uh, pupils, for instance. So now that has improved over time, but we need to do a lot more uh, in terms of directing the spend to uh, communities uh, that are that work with the disadvantaged and they that need the support, greater support than other schools across the country. So the deployment of resources uh, must be reconsidered, it must be reviewed. Um, we can't run away from the fact that in a country that has a, a, a uh, history like ours, it will take a lot of government intervention uh, to help uh, prop up those uh, who were left behind. And unfortunately, those are the majority uh, of, of our population. And so um, as much as government has been doing, um, it has to do better. It has to do more efficiently. And it, we can't run away from, from that type of conversation of reviewing how, how best uh, can, can policy be tweaked, can policy be changed to ensure that, that those young people, those black and colored young people, uh, benefit more. Uh, from the support uh, that, 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 that is offered by the state. Mm, because there are policy interventions such as um, affirmative action, broad-based black economic empowerment. Uh, so uh, why are we not seeing, you know, better um, employment from those kind of issues? Well, of course, um, it will always uh, go back to the discussion that we're having. Employers will say, and it, it, it's often not, not always a, a, a true reflection because employers will argue that, no, but the... the and then we're talking about young people here. Um, we don't believe that the schooling system produces uh, competent uh, young people, work-ready young people. That's, that's the complaint that we've been uh, hearing from, from, from the private sector, for instance. Um, but the private sector has to come on board as well. They can't just leave this uh, to, to, to the state. Uh, so we see that we need a lot more uh, also work place readiness interventions at the workplace as well, more internships, more uh, on-the-job training, 
um, so, so that you prepare those young people to enter into the, the market and be able to, to give you as an employer what it is that you're looking for. You can't, employers can't just uh, blanket say the schooling system is not working, the schooling system is not producing the quality output. Um, so what we need, I think, is, is a multi-pronged approach to, to solving the situation. And, and we need um, a sort of social compact, a social uh, partnership between government, between communities, between the private sector to say how do we work together to intervene to, to solve this problem because as, as Dr. Sayer said, this is a, a ticking time bomb and the, when the bomb explodes, it's not going to affect just one sector of society. It's going to exploit and, and cause destruction across society. Well, we are discussing the Statistician General's uh, report from last week and looking at interventions to assist youth who are struggling to complete their education, to find jobs and to upskill. And uh, better education is what most are saying is uh, the likely solution, more highly skilled workforce. Uh, But what interventions should we implement in order to try and improve um, the quality of education for starters in order to reduce the dropout rate and also expand further education and training opportunities. On the Forum at 8 this morning, are we talking about uh, the interventions that are necessary to try and change the situation that was presented by our statistician general last week about uh, the bleak outlook for youth in South Africa, especially black and colored youth who are less likely to finish university, who are less likely to finish school, and inevitably they become involved in crime. And uh, so this morning we'd love to hear if you have any interventions that could possibly work because something needs to be done. And uh, talking about uh, crime and some of the uh, inevitabilities that exist, the report also pointed out that youth unemployment was strongly linked to those who had not completed matric, 57% without a job, compared to 38% for those who had completed matric. 4% had received uh, some form of tertiary education, and only 1% of graduates were unemployed. But also youth between the age of 16 and 34 were twice more likely to have experienced assault and robbery uh, than those in the next age category. And then you, it also goes on to state that young people were more likely to die in KwaZulu-Natal in the Eastern Cape and in Gauteng. And the study also found that youth in the Western Cape were unlikely to migrate to other provinces. 91.3% of Western Cape youth actually remain in the province, followed by 88.3% of those in Gauteng and 88.4% in KZN. The Eastern Cape was the province uh, that loses the most of its youth to other provinces, with the biggest beneficiaries of those uh, uh, migrants being Gauteng and the Western Cape. So just some of the stats uh, to mull over as we continue our discussion with uh, Deputy Minister in the Presidency, Butimana Mela, and uh, Nompumelelo Runji from the Sowetan. So what are your views on this? And before I go to the lines, uh, let me just read some of the SMSs. Uh, this one from Rom- uh, Romano Margon says, This is a shock considering the help that government is providing with more schools, more grants, and free education for the poor. A decent answer is very 
very necessary. KL says, allow them to mine where the Zamazamas are mining and make an income. Those mines actually have potential if safety is improved. Terence in Kimberley says, a Pascodia secondary school in Kimberley has the highest dropout rate and now those children are getting involved in crime and drug abuse and there is simply no intervention. Busi in Durban also writes to us saying that, SK, the problem is that blacks are waiting to get everything for free from the government. They must study and work hard. Unsigned SMS, um, state must allow blacks uh, for free gold rush. Whites have had it and that's why they are rich. Uh, We are called Zama Zamas instead uh, and it's difficult to obtain small-scale licenses. Uh, Sajini in Bloemfontein says uh, there will be no solution to the problem because the present government is not capable of changing things. Um, then uh, Romana also says get rid of Satu and all the education problems will disappear. Dr. Z writes to us saying that please don't blame drugs and alcohol, poverty and apartheid. I was born in a sink hockey in Elsie's River and I'm a proud doctor serving in a government department. Um, Kosipi in Peter Maritzburg's contribution is that Manamela is proud of something very bad. Only 50% of those learners who entered the schooling system actually wrote matric. In this small number, only 11% enroll at a university as first-year students, 8% enroll at university through access program or extended curriculum, and it is very disappointing to hear Mr. Manamela claiming victory uh, in a diocese situation. That's from Kosipi in, Derb, in, in Peter Maritzburg. Mageba in Pretoria says, I'm confused. What is the importance of segregating our children in your study and call them black and colored? Why is it important to retain the racist coloring of our people? Nelly says the minister is so disappointing. His utterances are not based on any empirical evidence. He's just saying things. What is he talking about? Change the mentality of the people by improving the quality of their education. And then uh, this one, unsigned, as long as the ANC needs votes, it will never change anything. They manipulate the poor and the unemployed because it serves the ANC's interests. And then Joe and Peter Maritzburg, a ready-made and dangerous army of the unemployed youth, courtesy of the rule of capital. And David in Cape Town says, I was a maths and science teacher, now a university computer science lecturer, and I am black. I'm considering leaving the profession because it is not rewarding at all. And many, many more messages coming through. But let's take some calls as well, and then we'll get our panel to respond. 891 Dr. Stephen Taylor, researcher and advisor in the Department of Basic Education. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. What's your take on uh, what we're discussing this morning? Yes, thank you. Uh, my take is that we certainly know we have uh, low, uh, weak educational outcomes, especially amongst the poor, and that means uh, many black colored youth. We also know that uh, those outcomes are linked to labor market performance. But uh, something which has struck me as strange in the press recently following the release of this um, status a report is the claim that education outcomes for black and colored youth are worse than they were 20 years ago or, or that black and colored youth have worse outcomes than their parents did. And there's really no empirical evidence of that. In fact, the evidence is that things are improving even though it's of a fairly low base. Uh, so that's been the thing that's been strange to me. I don't know if you've been discussing that so, already. So, so, so where is that evidence that things are actually improving? 
So that evidence is it's in Statusay's reports, actually, which is why it was strange how it got reported. Um, it's in Statusay's reports. It's in all of their data sets, whether it's looking at census data over the years, going back to 1996, 2001, 2011, or whether it's looking at annual household surveys. And all of those surveys and the census, uh, they ask questions to everyone in the household about um, whether about how, what their highest level of education is. And when you look at that and you look at a specific age group of youth, you see that educational attainment, be it uh, getting a matric or be it the proportion of youth with a degree, that has been increasing over the years consistently, however you slice up the data. So, so that was a, a rather strange to see. I think, I think we know there's problems and uh, we know that there's, there's high unemployment amongst youth, but to say that the educational outcomes, as defined by the proportions getting, say, a degree, is getting worse, it's just uh, th- there's no research or data to, to back that up and, and all the evidence is, is the opposite. I was just uh, looking for that. I'm going to give Nompumelelo uh, an opportunity because I think I saw something that said that um, we produced the most number of um, uh, graduates in 1990. And since then, the numbers come down, unless I misread that. But uh, Nompumelelo, in the meantime, perhaps you would like to respond? Yes, um, I, I must agree with, with what Nicola is saying. I've also not come across uh, proof that um, the learning outcomes of the, this generation are worse off than their parents' generation. I've not come across that, that, that kind of evidence. And indeed, the, what you're saying is correct, that the, the number of graduates, according to the Statistics Say report, was higher in, highest in 1990 uh, as opposed to what it is now. So um, that's according to the Statistics Say report. But we, we, we can't, we can't uh, deny the fact that we, we have a, ho- a, ho- a whole lot of young people that have had access, greater access mm. uh, to education and greater access to higher education than there ever was uh, under apartheid. Um, I think that we must acknowledge. And we must also acknowledge that um, employment, uh, like we, we, the, the statistics that you read out, that there's a higher percentage of, of those who are unemployed are those who do not have a post-metric qualification. Um, those who are graduates are more likely to find employment than those who don't have post-metric qualifications. So, so that, that's actually the, the reality of the matter. So there is some kind of evidence to show that by upskilling um, our young people, we better their opportunities uh, to, 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 to find employment and basically uh, we better their social uh, mobility prospects. Mr. Manamela? Thank you very much. The, look, I, mean, I fully agree with, with both Nompumelele uh, and the caller that we are better off now than we were uh, 22, 23 years ago in terms of both uh, access and success. But we obviously are not where we are supposed to be. Um, I mean, the, the only time I saw the the uh, a point raised that you know we are worse off than our parents was when uh, you know when I was reading a newsletter by the former president uh, of the republic yesterday um you know which mentioned the fact that this is a says that we're worse off than uh, you know our parents were which i don't think that is a reflection of what is really happening but what actually should be happening of course is that we need more i mean quanti- quantitatively we need more 
uh, uh, young black and colored graduates. But secondly, there is there's a SMS that says, "Why are we still doing racial uh, strati- stratification and mm. classification?" It's precisely because uh, poverty, inequality, and unemployment, uh, you know, gives us that racial and gender picture that it's more black and i mean african and colored uh, youth and women who uh, you know are worse off uh, than than their uh, counterparts and i think it also then helps us to make interventions where uh, they are necessary and then lastly i think there's there's an sms that says uh, you know the nc keep people unemployed and uneducated so that they continue to vote for the nc in fact i think that the most people who uh, you know are frustrated by the lack of progress and are more likely not to vote for uh, uh, you know uh, the the governing uh, party would be people who do not see uh, any benefit and i think are those people who are mainly challenged by issues of unemployment and uneducated it is in the interest not only of the ANC-led government, but of everybody to ensure that we improve, uh, uh, you know, the conditions, which, by the way, is, uh, uh, you know, is, is global in character, the whole issue around unemployment uh, uh, and so forth. Mm. And if we look at that unemployment number, it's remained, uh, uh, you know, fairly constant between 2009 and 2014, um, uh, dropping um, year 0.6% uh, to 40.4% in 2014 from 41% in uh, 2009. So clearly that's not just a problem that pertains to the youth. It's an overall problem in the country. Where does the solution lie? Because... You know, this is the million-dollar question. Everybody talks about the dire need for jobs in this country, but nobody seems to know how exactly we are going to create these jobs. Uh, Nompumelelo, do you have an idea? Well, you know, we we like simple answers, I guess, and simple solutions uh, to, to complex questions. Um, I spoke earlier about the structural problems that we have in our economy and that we have in our society. Um, First and foremost, obviously we need to be creating more entrepreneurs and more wealth creators. We need more small businesses that will employ uh, people. If you look statistically across the world, uh, most of the developed world uh, economies um, are buoyed by a large uh, small entrepreneur, uh, I mean small business sector. So you've got many small businesses that uh, uh, employ uh, uh, a small, I mean, you know, small, small pieces of, of people here and there, and so you have a whole lot more people employed in those small businesses. So we need to have more support for entrepreneurs, more support for small businesses, but not just existing entrepreneurs, but we need to begin to think about how do we create an, a new entrepreneurial class in this country that will take us uh, into the future. The other thing that we need to look at, we need to deal with the reality of the fact that a lot of our industries are monopolies and oligopolies. There are few big major players uh, in, in the, the different sectors, which make it very difficult for, for smaller players, for, for small businesses who want to come in and, and, and make a difference. Um, they, they are blocked out because of, of, of the barriers that exist because of those oligopolies, because of those monopolies. So how do we open up the spaces, open up our industry so that there's more competition, there are more players who are able to come in, by so doing will improve the efficiency of those industries, by so doing will improve the competitiveness of those industries, will also bring up the quality of service that is given to, to, to the public, will also bring down the cost 
of some of those uh, services, whether it's telecommunications, whether it's in retail, etc. We need to be looking at things like that. Then, of course, the, the discussion that we've been having about uh, education. Um, we need to do more and not just look to government, but we need to ask ourselves, especially in those communities where young people are, are, are dropping out of school, uh, we need to begin to be real about the, the dysfunction that exists in some of our communities, whether it's the drug abuse, the alcohol abuse uh, that confronts us, whether it's the levels of crime. And even just environmentally, are we, are we taking responsibility for our own lives in those communities? Are people feeling empowered? Are people feel, uh, uh, feeling that they have a stake and therefore they will participate in their children's education? And, and, and I'm talking about black parents and colored parents. We need greater participation. We need, we need greater involvement from our communities. And then, of course, like I said earlier, in, we need a social compact in this country. We need to begin to realize that we are in this together. The private sector, government, uh, civil society, uh, uh, parents, and young people. We all need to pull together and realize that we, we, this is our destiny. This is our country. So we can't just leave it uh, to, to, to government. We can't just leave it to the private sector. We need a social compact that says this is what we want to achieve. Uh, and, and that's why things like the, the, the NDP are so important. If we, can, if, if we can find a rallying point around the recommendations and objectives, perhaps, of the NDP, we could all be moving in the same direction, pulling in the same direction, as opposed to what we see now where, where we are working in silos. Government is doing one thing. Uh, communities are doing another thing, etc. I think the other important thing, as, as Deputy Minister Buti Manamela has said earlier, Young people themselves, we young people ourselves, need to have the will to, to improve our lives. Um, some of us re- uh, get opportunities. You know, we get opportunities to, to go to school or we go, get opportunities to go to university. We get there and we waste those opportunities. We play with those opportunities. So, so it's not mm-hmm. a one, one answer. It's a multi-pronged uh, a response that we need this very big social problem. Yeah, some go there and they do uh, spurn those opportunities, but others simply cannot pay to remain there. And and again, the socioeconomic issues come into play. Um, the psychosocial uh, factors also um, come into play because what happens if you are unable, if you are unlikely to finish university? Again, you are already on the back foot as colored or black uh, youth, whereby already white and Indian or Asian people uh, have better access uh, through their networks to get into employment. You're already on the back foot, and then you are unable to complete your education. So, you know, it's just a double whammy there. And uh, It's a very very complex problem. It is a very complex problem. And then the number of black and colored youth that go to university, yes, it has increased, as the report points out, but the problem is that they don't complete their studies like their white and Asian Indian counterparts. So what is going on there as well? Claire and George, good morning. Morning. Um, I want to uh, make an input from what I have observed. A neighbor of mine uh, had um, uh, taken over her late brother's child and uh, he was sent to the same school as her own children. And I'm a firm believer that it starts in the primary section 
Uh, you have to build a foundation. And because they are so um, uh, focused on not making the kids feel bad, um, it turned out that he was really hopeless in maths. He'd been in another province, and um, she begged and pleaded with the school authorities not to promote him because he really didn't understand what was going on and uh, much as she tried to help him. And they said, no, he'd scraped by on all his other subjects, so they couldn't keep him back. And the net result was that he has uh, been unable to go into the high schools. They've been trying to um, now uh, educate him in a sort of trade school. And this, um, I feel, is where the system is fraud because you can't start with a top-down approach. You've got to start building from the bottom up. And I also question the competency of some of um, the educators in that sector because I, I think they have to be highly skilled. And I was shocked at the number of times that my um, neighbor phoned me and said, look, am I going mad or is this incorrect? And she'd spell out a word that her son had um, spelt correctly, but it had been marked wrong. And um, uh, I, I feel also that uh, right from the very first grade, they need to be taught um, uh, the uh, three languages, the local African language, uh, English as the language of commerce, and uh, uh, if necessary, Afrikaans, um, because the earlier you learn a language, the more competent you are. Oh, well, ah, lost Claire there. I wanted to ask Claire, why Afrikaans? Um, she explained English as the language of commerce, but why Afrikaans? Um, Andrew in Mitchell's plane, good morning. Good, good morning, Shakina. Hi, and Andrew. To your, to your, your guest there. You know what, Shakina, uh, I, in the last 12 years, have... Uh, uh, study group here, out of this disadvantaged group, and I think really the minister and other educationists should come and learn from us, because this is not a fluke that we get. Uh, we've been, we're getting real results with, without resources that they talk about and, and, and all the other things that we should have and that they mention. In the current circumstances, we do get children that have 11 distinctions out of 11 subjects. We have already produced uh, eight distinctions for matriculants, and uh, we got 99% maths from children in the same area, from the same disadvantaged school, without all the resources that they're supposed to have. We have proved that we can overcome all those ob- obstacles and give good and great results consistently, not, not just a fluke or flesh in a pan. Yes, how do you do with a child? That there's, in the family, there's never been a lawyer. What do we do? Let's, let's get some, one example. We take him very early in his life to a law firm. We ask them for exposure there. And you know, that child is his second year at uh, university, and you guess who's the top student there now? Never been nothing in the family of a lawyer. But this child, because of the exposure, not when he's in matric, when he's in grade 8 or he's in grade 6, as soon as we find out that is the way that you want it, after all the exposure they've given him, then we put them there. And there is generous companies that allow these children to, to go and do job shadowing. Mm. 
Andrew, thanks for sharing that. And I think that's what Nompumelelo was talking about. It cannot be the sole responsibility of government, uh, communities, families. Everybody has to take responsibility for this situation. Brian in uh, Sedgefield, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. May you have a good day. Thank you. Uh, Sakina, the uh, statistician's report, did it in any way focus on whether these children have parents or not? Because I think one of our big, big problems in society today is that so many children have not got two parents. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they have not got the motivation of a father and a mother. And uh, that's point number one that I'd like to hear comment on. The second thing is the world has moved on, and every teacher in South Africa should be contributing to the global norms that are being set by our electronic teaching system. Okay. Brian, uh, we uh, unfortunately cut you off there because we want to get a response to your questions. Um, Mr. Manamela, let me start with you. I mean, just from that, I mean, there are many uh, child-headed and youth-headed household uh, and and predominantly in in african and colored communities and i agree with the last caller that it's it's one of the things that are contributing i mean if you had a household and you expected to go to school and all of that those are part of the contributing challenges that that we need to uh, deal with but just as a final and very brief uh, uh, sum up firstly that government has decided that it should be the responsibility of each and every government department to prioritize youth development and youth issues as opposed to only leaving that to the National Youth Development Agency. We've integrated the National Youth uh, Policy 2020 which was informed by some of these numbers from uh, uh, the Statistician General uh, into the whole of government's program. We are uh, monitoring the implementation of that program by each and every government department. Budgets are approved on the basis of annual performance plans and those annual performance plans must indicate what each and every government department will be doing in ensuring that they implement the youth policy. I fully agree we have to take the national development plan to communities so that it becomes part of what uh, Nompumelel was saying as a social compact. And finally, we have to say to young people out there, the solution is not only to go and be job seekers, but the solution also lies in being creators of jobs. There are multiple uh, youth opportunities that you know we are going to be talking about even into the future, which we believe that young people need to take advantage of. But other than that, on the aggregate, even with this uh, uh, report, we believe that the quality of life of the majority of South Africans have greatly improved, but we still need to do more. Mm. And doing more means we have to change the attitude, perceptions, and mentality of this generation so that they're able to shape their own future and of 
future generations. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Tons of messages still streaming in about this particular conversation. So perhaps we'll expand it later in a different format under a different question, perhaps. But thank you so much, uh, Minister Buti Manamela and uh, Numpumele Lorunji, uh, for your time this morning. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow morning. Right now, it's time for news with Kumbuzile Tabet.